Howdy. Howdy. I'm Brooke Collins. And I'm Sienna Knanik. And this is... Nobody Wants to Listen to Your Podcast. The podcast where we take your favorite romance novels seriously. But not too seriously. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. It's our one month anniversary. Oh my God, stop. I didn't get you anything. I got you my face on Zoom today. Gorgeous. And what a gorgeous face it is. So much has changed in a month, has changed in a week. It's been a cray couple of days for both of us. We've really like, shit's changing. We're being big girls. This is my week of bravery. That's what I keep saying. I'm being brave this week. This is my week of being an idiot. So tell me why (laughs) you go first. Why was this your week of being brave? Um, I moved to Scotland. I got my little ass on Subtle a plane. Flex. Subtle flex. Um, <laughs> I took my my suitcase and my duffel bag and my backpack and my Kindle. <laughs> got on Thank a plane. Thank God for the Kindle. Thank God for the Kindle because you know those books were not fitting in the suitcase. Um, no. Yeah, I moved into my little my little flat, as it were. Um, flat. I'm like, where's You're my so apartment? UK. I you know. know. Flat beds. It's a flat, Bibs. Actually, that's what it says in my mailing address, flat. Um, so yeah, here I am. If I if if you hear the accent slip, you know, it's just because I I live abroad now. <laughs> Not the accent. <laughs> People were saying that unironically in my I was like, be so serious. You're from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You've also been there for four fucking days. You're I not know. gonna get an accent. Although I do know people, well, we have a friend, Maya, friend of the pond, yeah. who suffers from from what? Imitating people's accents when she talks to them. <laughs> Not always it- accents that make her look very PC, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's in and we're we're giggling. Um, we're giggling. We've had a big week. Why were you feeling like an idiot this week? Have you started your classes yet? No, not yet. Do you have them with PhD students? um probably like I literally don't know (laughs) be prepared to feel like an idiot okay I I already do so (laughs) I have to and this is you know what let me read you a text my boyfriend's mother texted me today and said how's the first week been and this is exactly what I said it's been challenging honestly but I feel like I'm soaking everything up like a sponge it's been good but a difficult jump for me. That's beautiful. I really have to think about everything, but that's what I've been craving. So there you go. I feel like in a summary, I have been severely challenged this week, but I was missing that in my life. Like I did find that in fourth year, I found my classes to be fairly easy. Mm. I don't know if you agree. And then now I'm like, holy, like I actually need my thinking cap on. (laughs) The thinking cap is like (laughs) firmly placed. That's and it doesn't help me. that there's like 38 year olds in my class because mm-hmm. they're PhD students who also happen to be the profs like student that are being supervised. And yeah. so they're an expert on the exact topic that we're discussing. So I'm like, oh, shit. cool, sex in ancient Greece. <laughs> Which you're like, basically an expert on. I've taken actually a course on that before, um, yeah. ancient Greek pornography. But so you're a pro. True. I've I have Greek friends. I have <laughs> I've watched She loves Greece. She's watched Mamma Mia. I've watched Mamma Mia. I know what sex is. So like what more can you ask for me? Yeah. Perfect. Gorgeous. Yeah. What was your most romantic part of the week? Beyond being a brave or an idiot. There's a lot of romantic. things. There's a lot of things I could say. I was being. I brave, think you need to say, but one, I think I do need to. My first actual romantic, um, moment in the pod that isn't just like I had a sweet time with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a little date. My second day here was just out of character for me. Yes, she did. Sienna is dancing. Um. I met him on a <clears throat> dinner and we went to a park. Well, okay. This is why it was very Will Baxter. It was very, um, mm-hmm. this is the 21st century of version of before sunset, before sunrise, what's it called before sunrise. Mm. Um, he texted me on Tinder and said, 
how all great romances start. Um, mm. And he said, I have six hours left in Edinburgh. Let's go on a date. I was like, yeah, no. And then I was like, actually, I didn't say no to him. But I was like, mm, no. And then I was like, actually, I literally am having the weirdest two days ever. I don't have any other plans. I was about to Why not make it weirder? Yeah, no, why not make it weirder? I was about to go on a library tour, but then I was like, mm, this maybe seems like a better story. And you know what? I was thinking of the plot. <laughs> like the plot. I literally texted her. I was like, if not for the plot, for the pod. <laughs> for the pod. And I kind of want that to be my new life saying from now yeah. on. If not for the plot, for the pod. Or the pod. <laughs> hey, Just right. so I can record me telling Sienna my tea. um but yeah it was good it was sweet um he was very sweet actually um he follows me on instagram there's like a 0.01 percent chance that he would listen to our podcast because so mr irishman yourself if you're listening there please come back to scotland come back come back my dog's barking but yeah let me go let let me go let in the beast Oh, that is the most romantic of all romantic moments we have covered so far. Cedar, come here. Like, let me go. Come here. Come inside. Okay, then no barking. Anyway, that is, yeah, that is the most romantic moment we have discussed. We have heard about. It is very much a plot line. And we will see. I feel like the, t- the story is not done. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We live in different countries. I don't. Okay, but it's on the same land mass, is it not? Or am I wrong about my geography? I think you're like kind of right. Yeah. It's like, excuse me, sir. Why is your ball inside? She's talking to Jordan. Excuse me. Which I'm speaking to my dad. Just kidding. It's my dog. Bring your ball outside. Outside. Anyway. Sorry, live audience again in the stew. Outside. <laughs> live audience. <Sir. laughs> in our Canadian stew right now. Go outside. In Scotland, do you have this with cows or something? <laughs> the, the cows just wander into your flat. Yeah, my flat in the middle of downtown Edinburgh. <laughs> hey. I have to get up. <laughs> Are you ready for um, a romantic moment or you're, you're too busy dog wrangling right now? Sorry, I've just got to tame the beast. Um, <laughs> My romantic moment this week was, I have one that I can't stay on the sh- the pod for legal reasons, but I'll, I already, you already know what it was with Jordan um, in Piner. <laughs> that was very romantic in its own weird way. Um, If you know me, you know what it was. If you don't, reach out and I'll tell you. Um, But I would say then the second most romantic part of my week was my new friend that I made today in my woman and sex and talk class. Beautiful podcast class. Um, Their name is Nathan. They're seven feet tall. If you're listening to me, Nathan, I love you already. Um. They have long hair and nose piercing. And I just felt like we were meant to be, they're a PhD student in art history. I am a master's student in art history. And we bonded over discussions of Foucault. And yeah, it was, I was like, you know, as much as I've been scared of these PhD shorties, Nathan, you have helped me cross onto the other side of being less afraid. So thank you. That's gorgeous. Friend of the pod, Nathan. I need to bring Nathan on. Nathan, get out here. So many guest stars we need. We need to come on. So many. Why was I like, I have so many in my head about like very controversial figures we could bring on to the pod, like ex shorties. (laughs) No, like hear me out, guys. Let me know in the comments if you think this is a good idea. We bring on men who have broken our hearts. Force them to read a book. That reminds us of them and then discuss it. <laughs> so if you've dated Sienna and you're listening right now and you'd be willing to come onto the pod, please um, let, let us know. know. Reach out. Please let me know. There are some that I am still friends with. I maybe will reach out to myself. Some that I have not spoken to in years. But please, please, I'll personally dedicate a book to you and we can read it. Gorgeous. I would love that. I think our viewers, 
<laughs> wide and far <laughs> would love that <laughs> i think so too so should we get into the book let's get into the juice into the meat um we are nothing if not emily henry girlies she mm-hmm. rocks our world she mm-hmm. probably rocks your world she's doing numbers on goodreads yeah um, she just came up the new book that we don't speak of. No, we can't. I can't. I feel like we keep referencing this and people need to understand. Brooke and I have recorded um, two episodes on Happy Place. There's a wasp in my house. Two episodes on Happy Place that will just simply either cannot or should not be uploaded online. Mm-hmm. So anytime we discuss it, what, who should not, it, what, it, that should not I can't speak, bro. This is what I mean. I feel like an idiot this week. <laughs> the novel that the shall, not, that be shall named. not be named. Yeah. <laughs> is Happy Place. But yeah. besides Happy Place, which we did love, we are also a big fan of her other works. We are. I've read all of hers, I think. And you just have book lovers left. Or have you read People We Met on Vacation? I have both. I have to read book lovers and oh. people we have met, we meet on vacation. Such that a one. treat. I think that I'm excited. a big treat exciting stuff but today everyone has we, a different favorite but everyone does which I think is something that like shows her strengths as a writer but also it's an interesting conversation to have like I think once mm. we've both read all of them that's that's gonna be a little debate that we'll have to partake which in. which one speaks to us the most I think mm-hmm. this week we are reading Beach Read I would say Beach Read is maybe her most popular novel to date um, and I think with the release of her most recent, like I've seen a lot of people reading it just like, I think it came out in, Sienna is struggling really hard. If you're, <laughs> I'm choking on my Hawaii cocktail herbal tea. Yes. All right. In my Deruda mug. Sorry. That's a sentence that uh, grad student is speaking right now. Right, keep going you were really on it keep going. i was really on it i was being super professional too and you just like completely it it's up. like when you laughed at me last week bro anyway, I know. um i just think a lot of people are reading it for the first time so it's it's a timely mm-hmm. moment to crack back into it i hit a reread last night um <laughs> english student flex to be able to read a whole novel in one sitting i can't think i've ever been able to do that since the hunger games <laughs> <laughs> the hunger games is a one sitting kind of novel ah, it's always yeah. just because i don't start it in time i'm always like four days is more than enough to read a novel three days is more than enough to read a novel and then it's the night before but i give myself a week i give myself a week she gives herself um, a week well i also think apparently this is rumors rumor mill Emily Henry has recently been posting or has been known to post pictures in a quaint little town in the northern United States. And so people are starting to assume or hope that Beach Read is going to be a movie or oh, series. Oh, interesting. I was like, where are you adaptation. going with this? Yes. Very interesting. I think she even made a comment that was like, this is the town that inspired what's called North Bear. Is that what it's called? The North town? Bear Falls, I think. North Bear Falls, which is where the book takes the, the setting of the setting of the book. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. If you follow our Instagram, you also know that if I believe myself to be any romantic novel protagonist, I said that I would be January Jones from mm. or January Andrews. Not January Jones. Who the fuck is January is Jones? Celebrity. <laughs> I think it sounds good, January Jones. I, it kind of does. Um, if your name is January Jones, we love you. But January Andrews, minus her sparkly shoe collection, because what the f was that detail in this book? I just, I, I think she started off strong. I think the first pair of shoes she mentioned was like velvet blazers, and I was like, Kim, fucking with the vision. Yep. And then she had some embroidered boots. I was like, okay, fucking with the vision. Yep. And then she said, my. Sp- pink sparkly tennis shoes i'm picturing kids it's not doing it for me i'm picture yeah at, at look i literally think my mom has a pair of sparkly slip on vans and i will post these on the instagram they're rainbow and peacock pattern and this is what i'm envisioning january's whole aesthetic to be um and I'm not saying you know what and my mom slays in those shoes i was gonna say if anyone could pull it off it's your mom but the point is, only my mom can pull them off. January, you can't. 
January. Like, why are you wearing? Like, she wears like cut off jeans and like a Fleetwood Mac t shirt, and then it's like she's going sparkly thigh high boots, heel high she heels. She acknowledges it. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's like, they're the one thing I refuse to sell because uh, she's broke. It's really And she decides. Well, I I don't think it's because she couldn't sell them. I think it's because no one would buy them. But anyway, um. January Andrews, I think, is maybe one of my favorite romance protagonists of all time. I'm not sure what it is about her. Yeah. Because I think there's also, like, it is kind of a subgenre in fiction, but also in, like, uh, romance novels of having a protagonist that's a writer. Yes. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, just, like, people who love books want to write about people who love books and who write books and write mm-hmm. what you know and all that. But I think um, a lot of the time that's critiqued in that it's not handled well because it's yes. kind of just like lazy writing, I guess. But I think it's done really well in this novel and I like want to read her books. I feel like if anything, this can be viewed as somewhat of a personal essay mm-hmm. at times. I think you have Emily Henry speaking through January when she's asserting her opinions on the disrespect and the lack of credit that female romantic novelists receive. Mm-hmm. A massive plot line in this book is that January is the romance novelist and the eventual love interest, Augustus Everett, is just a classic male fiction writer who can't see any joy in the world. They had a ongoing feud throughout university about 10 years before this book took place. So we have another time jump as well. Um, And they were both perceived as kind of the best writers in their program, but obviously writing very different, almost contrasting um, genres. And a lot of January's anger comes out against Augustus because she believes that he views her as less than him or less talented or less, um, I would say, intelligent. And and almost she's just viewed as like a naive individual who thinks that the whole world can be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she, she has this fear and I say, like, I think it's a very founded fear that people take him seriously as a writer, but people mm. wouldn't take her seriously. And I think a lot of the conversations that they have in the novel but also that the novel just brings up like well we're in January's head are really interesting ones they're kind of like literally the thesis of our pod I think this novel is like it gets to like us specifically and I think the reason why we would love it is just because it's something we feel so strongly about like it's such a great mix of humor and then like dealing with heavy topics but also Mm -hmm. like this idea of like you know I mean, for romance novels, but also for a lot of different artistic pursuits, like, I love that part where she says something kind of like, oh, she hates, hates, hates it when people are like, oh, whatever pays the bills. And that's something we can relate to, to a T. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, it does pay the bills (laughs) because we're all (laughs) reading the books. And I think that I, I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago Um, I'm sure people have listened to the Shameless Podcast Network and they were talking about this idea of pop culture and how people hate on pop culture because it's popular yet Mm -hmm. can't draw the link between the fact that it's popular for a reason. And so if it wasn't liked, it wouldn't be popular and there Mm -hmm. shouldn't be a reason to, it's kind of like the Taylor Swift idea, like you're viewed as less intelligent or less aware of what makes a good song or good music because you like Taylor Swift when that I guess then that theory can be applied to millions and millions of people across the world in fact one of the largest fan base and fan bases in the world sorry my dog is barking do you want to be on the podcast Cedar I think what we need right now is a man's voice and Cedar's here to he's coming come here come say something (laughs) Santa's dog voice is unlike any other. (laughs) Come here. Come say something to the podcast. I'll let you breathe in the mic. Come here. Come here. You guys are in for a treat. Are you looking at me? Can you hear him? No, you're just muffled. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) Gorgeous.
Anyway, so Augustus, at least I think January's initial misinterpretation of him is that he resembles this entire subset of the literary genre of um, anti-happiness and Mm -hmm. therefore intelligence. And um, so she takes a lot of her anger and frustration out on him and and his character. Mm -hmm. I do really like that. I think it's interesting. Like, I love the way she describes his novels this like Jonathan Franzen Salinger like coldly horny white dude yes <laughs> it's like yes. 500 pages too long <laughs> and it's also iconic not even iconic it's I love that she hasn't actually read his novels which first of all like yeah. power if I had a crush on a man and he wrote novels I would be reading well, so this is part of the thing is they had spent all these years at college together butting heads. And then they have this one night at like a frat house where they're <laughs> Justice. dancing. Justice like, for hopeless romantic girlies who only meet people at like disgusting house parties. Like that's oh, relatable. Oh my God. Like what the hell, what type of setting was that? I loved it I thought it was so good oh it was perfect they're having this like sweaty like like grind session in the middle of this frat house which is also so interesting because I feel like a frat house is so not either of them but for some reason Mm -hmm. they're there anyway so they have this night and then basically from there January goes on and is with this man for Jax for like seven or eight years something like that (laughs) you don't want to put a bit of a a a joke (laughs) Sorry, I'm in French translation. I should be. Jax. Jax. I think like it is the most Jax. boring man I've ever heard of. That's so because funny. She he keeps does... being like, he's interesting. I promise. Yeah, like it is very much one of those where she the ultimate downfall of her relationship with him is because when her father dies, he can't handle the fact that she's depressed for once in her life instead of being the like happy go lucky girl that he like loves her as and their entire relationship Mm -hmm. is built on the fact that they're both playing this part of the life of the party the positive person the adventurous Mm -hmm. individual and when she can't live up to that expectation for once in her life he breaks up with her at a party in a hot tub (laughs) not in the hot tub I do want to say like I can't stop thinking about the frat party I have one comment about the frat party (laughs) Okay. Is it not like absolutely wild that part where and so will Baxter coded? Um, if I yeah, oh, to our last I know exactly episode. what you're gonna say. The fact, and this is, I'm sorry, but like Augustus Everett, like he really does come close to the top ranking of romantic interests in novels because the way, well, evil of him, evil to do this, but the way he breaks up with his girlfriend over the phone from the party because he's getting a look from january from january a look <laughs> so ladies <laughs> ladies you're not delusional <laughs> first. men are more delulu mm-hmm. they are well but, men but written by women <laughs> because yeah <laughs> we all wish actually that this would happen I to know. us i mean justice for this other girl was her name like Caroline or something? I feel like justice for her, whoever it's she was. Fred. <laughs> Fred is back. Fred is always the one that gets dumped. Oh my god, poor Fred. I know, Queen. Um, but yeah, so they have this one night, and then they go move on with their lives for ten years. They're both publishing novelists. They were successful. The funny thing is, bringing it back to what you said before, is January has never read one of Augustus's novels, but Augustus has read all of hers. Hmm obsessed we love an obsessive man he has never let go of his feelings for this girl um even when he was married it seems <laughs> <laughs> that one was brutal like it, it i hate her it, this is such a common thread in novels where it's like we love this but they're kind of evil to everyone else in their life especially their exes but well, we, yeah. naomi doesn't really seem like her heart well Ni- we can't say oh poor naomi she literally left true she actually is the bad one in this case but you know she's a woman she is a woman and we support women's rights and wrongs so um well I want to ask you I have a question for you I'm ready (laughs) genuinely thinking about it genuinely considering Mm -hmm. do you like Augustus 
do you think he's a good person? Those are two questions. Interesting. I'm kind of almost more curious why you would ask that because I don't know if that crosses my mind. Something that I had a big problem with, and this is jumping ahead, but when do we ever do anything in a chronological order? Never. um, At the end of the novel, I'm really dissatisfied with this idea that he's like, don't worry, babe. Like, I had two days to think about whether I wanted to get with my wife again or with Mm. you. And like, lucky for you, I chose you. It's like, well, I understand that that's his ex-wife and there's a lot of feelings there and it's kind of fresh still, but it kind of felt to me like, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is unrealistic of me and like, that's just how life goes. Sometimes you don't immediately know what you want, but I thought Mm -hmm. it was kind of, I don't know, after everything, I was kind of just like, you're really going to like say that you haven't spoken to me, text, phone, in person or otherwise for two days because you were like, oh, I'm definitely going to get back with my wife. And then I realized, actually, I'd like to be with you instead. I think there's two points that can be made here. Number one, I think where he's been in the wrong this entire novel is his his desire to disappear at the at the point of any conflict he just Mm -hmm. goes MIA for like a week two days he's like the ultimate fuck boy in that sense like we've all been through that where like some man will like leave us out to dry for a week because he's dealing with something else or because something's like scary to him in the relationship and then he'll return making up his mind and not even telling you that there was decisions to be made during that week you only find out that yeah I was kind of considering something but now I'm back mm-hmm. now I'm good yeah instead like of letting us the be power. there yes and he does this again at the end and she's just so ready to be back with him but I think in this particular case even though throughout the whole novel you're led to believe that Augustus has maybe only ever won a January or like January is his proper soulmate It makes sense to me that if a previous love interest, especially a love interest he's still legally married to and therefore would like save him a lot of like the the messy divorce procedures or whatever, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that that would force him to kind of reconsider everything. Like, I don't think that it means he loves January less, but I think it's, it's totally understandable and acceptable to me that he had his life kind of potentially thrown off track for a little while. Um, I think the issue just arises when you consider that he's done that exact same thing where he disappears to like deal with his own shit for days and weeks at a time, multiple times throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And is that why you think like, why I asked the question, like, do you think he's a bad person? I think he, I don't think he's a bad person. I think one thing I really don't like, but I think is a really interesting plot point is his, his need to protect women. Like, he has this desire to protect them as almost the, like, helpless infant-like creatures. And obviously, we know, I think, that that comes from the fact that he wanted nothing more than to save his mom from Mm -hmm. her abusive and toxic relationship with his dad, where it's never clear, but we're kind of led to believe, at least I was, that potentially the dad killed the mom. But you see that come up. Again, where even like when him in January, he brings her with him to visit this cult that he's researching, which is the site of a former cult um, that had unfortunately all burned down. And she finds it quite disturbing. And he basically refuses to let her see it and explains to her that he like can't let her see bad things in life, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is complex because it is on one hand. I guess, sweet in a way and also understandable given his history of abuse. But at the same time, I don't like, and I think this has been a pattern throughout all of the novels we've read so far, how men infantilize women mm-hmm. and believe that they're not capable of seeing something bad in life or dealing with hard things. I really agree with your, it, it, it's interesting because I wonder if it's, it does seem to be a pattern maybe in the genre. I mean, it's literally the first four we've done now. It's like, Mm. what is up with the martyrdom? And I almost wonder if it's, yeah, like it reflects 
a reality, but also I wonder what it says that, and you know, I'm not blaming the authors of these novels because I think they are really like in touch with the type mm-hmm. of romance that you know people want but what does it say that our dream men in fiction are these self-sacrificing oh I don't want to be with you because it's I'm bad for you and I'm not going to let you have a say in it that we discussed with Conrad that we discussed mm-hmm. with Neil Baxter that we're discussing now with Augustus and you know I think a lot of it is that like we were saying the other day like a lot of women have had this experience um, or not just women but anyone has had this experience where it's like a man is saying he won't be with you but it's kind of a secret why or maybe it's because mm. I I'm taking this big sacrifice and it's it just feels something that's not helpful but I don't know it's this this balance of the way that that actually happens in real life but also the way that this seems to be like the ideal relationship model for some reason because it keeps appearing in these novels and and it's also like a way of yes absolutely being a martyr but also passing off the blame to the woman it's like I can't be with you because you're not capable you as the women are not capable of handling the complexities of the man Mm -hmm. like that is really how it reads to me and I think you're absolutely right in in how we need to consider how this relates to how we desire men in society. And I know, you know, there might be people like, we're like, well, it's a biological thing. Men want to protect women. <laughs> okay, great. I'm sure that that's maybe part of it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's also a sexist thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, or even I, if we pers- even if these are female writers, these are women writers who are writing a genre that so many of us can relate to and appreciate. Obviously, we have an issue here. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, and like I be, you know, it's kind of fun that as we keep reading, we can maybe like keep track of certain patterns that appear in the genre, mm. but. Yeah. I don't know like I almost wonder too maybe it's a bit more lighthearted than that not to say that I don't think you're completely correct in that it is an issue Mm. with sexism but maybe it's just one of those things where it's like the times I've been rejected maybe or the times like you people are rejected maybe it's easier to be like well he rejected me because he he cares for me too much and you know yeah yeah (laughs) it's an easy excuse to give someone I can't be with you because I just want you so bad and I'm not right for you. And it's like, well, is that the truth or do you just not want to be with me, you know? And listen, as somebody who's like been through this specific situation where I had someone who like couldn't commit to me because they were going through shit, but then would keep like coming back to me and it was like a back and forth constantly. I did find like now that it's been years and I've been able to reflect, I think the worst part in that was is not actually knowing why he couldn't be with me. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that this person was absolutely going through something, but then why attempt to commit multiple times and retreat when it got a little more intense and when it was on your agenda, you were okay with it. But when I tried to lead it, there was an issue. For me, it's like, why didn't you ever just either be straight up or like stick to your word. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like clearly you could be with me to an extent. And I think that's kind of like the worst part in it is like, it is so attractive when you're in that to be like, oh, he's looking out for me. He's a good person. Mm -hmm. But with like hindsight, when you're out of that situation, you realize like, no, actually, if you really care and respect about respect someone, you either commit and realize that you can work on your shit together because that's what a relationship is or retreat and stay true to your word. You know what I mean? It's like the back and forth in between. Obviously it makes for great reading and writing, but it's like, how many times are we going to read these novels where this is the plot line? And yes, I'm still obsessed with them, but (laughs) how many times do we read that before it's like fully ingrained in our psyche in that this is how we're supposed to be treated by men. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely do wonder like what that does because like we were saying, like because of the way that a novel works, you need back and forth for the plot. You need yeah. ropes like miscommunication, like 
rejection, but based on something that's not irredeemable or not because of their chemistry or because of anything like that in Mm -hmm. order to end up at the happy ever after. But, and as much as like, I think romance novels do way more good than harm. Yes. It's interesting to think like, what harm does it do if you read a hundred romance novels where this keeps playing out again and again? Yeah, because I think like having now been through like heartbreaks and stuff like that, like you and me as friends, how many times have like, I mean, it's, it's kind of messed up, but it's like thrilling in the moment to like have shit to tell your friends. Yeah, exactly. To listen to your like heartbreak stories because it resembles these crazy plots. And I think the problem is when you read these plots where there's this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but in the end they end up together. This contributes, I think, to how Delulu we truly are because in real life you'll be mistreated so many times, but you're always going to have that hope. And I don't think that it's because of romance novels. I don't think they're the cause, but they absolutely are the effect of a greater system here where we as women in society are trained to be mistreated by men and trained to always see the best in them. We're back, okay. baby. <laughs> so you want to hear what I was doing in the two minute break? What were you doing? No, you're literally never going to guess because it's so off brand for me. You're never going to guess it. Were you meditating? No, what the fuck? I was listening to a Beatles song. Wow. I love how we... (laughs) This is going to sound like such a jarring shift in tone. Because every time the Zoom cuts off, we're just like, (laughs) we don't know what we were talking about. (laughs) Now a word from our sponsors, but we have none. So it's just us back with a whole new... Please pay us to advertise your product simply because we can't afford zoom we can't afford zoom so if you have a product any product we'll like we will just lie we'll lie to the people i love bitcoin please (laughs) she loves bitcoin she loves trading we love vacuum cleaners like sponsor us oh my god if we can get an audible sponsorship i'll shit my pants but (laughs) but other than that i'll take anything okay what (laughs) a master class you listening to no, literally, like, people need to understand I hate the Beatles. And I know people are going to come for my throat on this one. I am dating a man who has watched every Beatles YouTube video, documentary, plays all the songs on his guitar. He is obsessed. I'll literally be in the car. I'd be like, name the singer. Name the guitar player. Like, of every song. I'm like, I don't know their names. And I don't. So what makes you think I know who this is going to be? Um... <laughs> And he, we just can't agree. I think the Beatles are not very good. (laughs) I know what they've done for the music industry. I know it. Trust me, you can quiz me. I know it because I have the Beatles walking human dictionary as my boyfriend. But I don't like them. I don't know what it is. As soloists, not bad. Paul McCartney, I'll listen. John Lennon sang Imagine at my grade four talent show with a fedora on. But together, I'm like, "Mm." Not for me. So Jordan's always trying to send me Beatles songs to listen to. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, it's always the same whiny voices. And I'm like, oh, ruins the song, ruins the song. I listened on. <laughs> Brooke's like, please shut up. We're getting canceled. On I don't break, care. This is your truth. I'm not fighting you. Truth. I'm a big Beatles fan for the record, but I just don't. I know, I, I know that's Sienna's truth. So I'm going to let her speak it. She wants to name her child Jude, which I do think is stunning. But I was listening to mother nature's son and i loved it she loved i loved it like what happened to me i'm a grad student and i love the beatles like who am i who is she look at her go yeah so anyway i don't even know what to say about any of that i I was just staring at my laptop Brooke was like, please shut up. I couldn't care less. I also was reviewing the readings I have to do after this. And one of them has a lot of images. So we're good. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love it when you see it's like 30 pages, but half of them are like big pictures. And you would think being in art history that that would be a common occurrence. It's not. They're, they often talk about <laughs> yeah, actually, that are what? not. They don't, don't put a little picture for like. you? No. You have no, to Google it's like a it. No, I have to Google it. Wow. Yeah, what did but they this do one, before Google? I think they probably just had to be better at 
art historical analysis, visual analysis. And that's my truth is today we're lacking on a good quality visual analysis. And that's her truth. And us as podcasters really um, prioritize a video. (laughs) An auditory experience. An auditory (laughs) experience. We have lots of visual aids for you on our Instagram though. Please, yeah, this is time to plug. We have never plugged a few Oh, yeah, things. let's plug as if anyone is not just coming directly from our Instagram. From our Instagram. Well, first plug. of all, we're we're getting a TikTok today. You're going to see that up. By the time this video is up, it's we'll have been on TikTok. Um, I have been hesitant to start a TikTok because I'm too scared to walk around campus recording on my a podcast or recording a TikTok because I'm like, they're going to think I'm in first year. Um, <laughs> But I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. And then, so brave. that'll be up. Um, I'll post about that on our Instagram. Our Instagram is nobody wants to listen pod or is there a dot? Nope. Just nobody wants to listen pod. Nobody wants to listen pod. Please follow that. You can find our personal Instagrams through there. Don't, if I don't know you, I'm not going to let you follow me, but that's okay. Um, Brooke can make her own choices there. I'd and like then more last followers. Not- so sure. Oh, there you go. Follow Brooke. Don't follow me. Um, please guys review Rate, review, leave positive feedback. Unless you're giving anything less than five stars, then fuck off with your opinion. Like, if I see a hate comment, I'm literally blocking you. Like, I'm not here for the clout, but I do want to see people saying nice things about me. It's good for my confidence now that I'm struggling in grad school. So please leave positive feedback so I can get through my degree. Thank you. Thank you. If you're hate listening to the pod, then... Give us five stars anyways for please give us five, for how hateful exactly for how I had someone text me today. Let me read you this exact text. Um, they said, and you know what? I'm okay with this. I support your podcast and listen to them when I'm dying inside because I feel better that there's people out there doing worse things. <laughs> and I said, you know what? What does that mean? I said, okay, have you listened to all three apps? <laughs> Is our podcast the worst things? Apparently. But that's okay because at least they're listening. I'm going to post that on Instagram. (laughs) Labib. (laughs) My friend from Starbucks. I'm going to post that on my Instagram legit right now. I'm calling out. Honestly, like, as long as you're listening, I don't really care why or what you're getting from this. No. If you're taking your time to listen to more of our voices occupy your day, that's fine with me. That's wild. Yeah. Thanks, Labib. Thanks, Friend Labib. Of the pod. <laughs> hater of the pod. Our first hater. <laughs> oh, Love I feel it. kind of famous. Our first hater. I know. That's um, the thing. I'll accept one one-star review just so I know, like, really a spice. rallying you up. Yeah. I'm rallying. I'm getting under your skin. Yeah, true. We are making an impact. Um, <laughs> getting back to the novel. <laughs> <back to the normal. laughs> um here's my here's this isn't a hot take this is just something i'd like to voice about augustus everett is he a friend why doesn't this man really have friends well he has one weird friend who's like his lawyer and also like goes to cancun with his ex-wife um and is a woman we have yeah which red i'm just kidding (laughs) can women (laughs) and men be friends i say no i think think women can be friends with men but i don't think men can be friends with women and that's my hot take (laughs) Oh, but then they're not friends. It's a one-sided no, friendship. Listen. But no, but no, no, I mean, I think I wish we could all be friends, but I think women are capable of having male friends. And I don't think that many men are capable of having female friendships because inherently they're going to sexualize us. And I've heard it from even men I truly respect in my life where it's like, well, if we get along and I think you're hot, why wouldn't I have a crush on you? Mm. So I think I disagree. <laughs> okay, go. Tell me. <laughs> I just think I disagree. I don't know if I have any basis for this. I feel like, hmm, I don't know. Like I you think that men are capable of having yeah, pure friendships I have, with women? I have multiple, <laughs> like Murray in a Bay are all listening. Yeah, okay. like, I, Sienna, I thought we were friends. We have like mutual, like stunning, gorgeous men. <laughs> really great. See, it is like, listen, I'm hot, and that's the only reason we're friends. <laughs> and for that, I don't want to be their friend. <laughs> but now I'm a bitch. Um, no, but no you're think, not. Okay. I think I, there are specifics. Like, I do think it is okay. Like, to say it's not possible is a bit outlandish. 
But I think in general, women are more capable of seeing men as just friends. Mm -hmm. And I would say that a lot of men are more inclined to view women in a sexual way. Not all. And maybe not even, even if all men do it, maybe not all the women in their lives, but I definitely feel like that's a pattern, Mm -hmm. but I, that could be quite radical and you might disagree with me and please let us know if you disagree. I think points have been made. I think a poll would be a stunning idea because I genuinely am curious and I think some people would surprise you. I see a lot of the time, I don't know, sometimes like I feel like I have a warped idea of what's in real life and what is online. Mm. Because I do see, like, weird street interviews where they're like, no, why would I be a friend with a bitch? And it's like, okay. But, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I think there's obviously, I don't, yeah, I feel like I generalize too much. But I do think that, yeah, in general. (laughs) Like, obviously, I do have genuine and great friendships with a lot of men in my life. But I also feel like a lot of, maybe not my closest male friends, but there are men that I'm friends with who I'm like, I have been aware of like them, maybe even if they're not sexualizing me, other women, and then you're forced to question what would they think or say of you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely get what you, it is one of those things where, and you know, with this topic, but with any topic and, you know, with anyone of any gender, it's sometimes they say something about someone else and it's like, well, if you can say that about them, what are you saying about yeah. me? And if you yeah. can think that, then, you know. Yeah. Okay, so back to the book. <laughs> Sorry, it's funny all our male listeners just turned off. Well, <laughs> all five of them. Actually, I kind of feel Riley. Like Riley told me he's not listening to the pod. Riley is a brother of the it. pod for the, for the viewers at home. But um, he always likes our picks. I know he's supportive in his in his Riley way. <laughs> he well, refuses okay. to listen. Um, yeah, I think Augustus needs friends because I don't want to start off on a whole another tangent, which I could if I like followed this like no. uh, thought forwards. But I think a lot of the problems with a lot of these love interest in Mm. these novels is that if they had maybe one friend that they could actually explain their feelings to Mm. and maybe wouldn't wouldn't be in the scenario because I think a highlight of this novel and something that appears often I don't want to say could appear more because I don't think I have that critique but like I would take more is shoddy or yeah shady shoddy shady shoddy um I'm eating January's best friend gorge um, and she, you experience a love so genuine between these two women mm-hmm. over text. Yeah. They which, interact in person once in yeah, the book. Yeah, which I think is like a very accurate, especially like a long distance friendship mm-hmm. or just like someone you're super close with and you wish you could be in the same like location. I don't know. It, it just does feel very genuine to me. And I think the space that it gets, especially when, I think it's very real too that uh, Shoddy kind of like not drops I think that's like a harsh word for it but when she can't come for the 4th of July and January's disappointed but she's okay with it but then when January texts her I need you like no other words because she's like Shoddy immediately understands okay like she was fine if I didn't come for the 4th of July but like when I need to be by her side I'll be by her side. Which to me felt like a very genuine, accurate depiction of female friendships because Shadi can't come to the 4th of July because she is going and pursuing her own love interest. And obviously, mm-hmm. January's annoyed by the fact that her friend's not there. But that's kind of all you understand it to be is like more just frustrated because she was looking forward to her friend being there. Yeah. But she totally supports her best – January totally supports her best friend's own life journey and personal love endeavors – Mm-hmm. But then you're absolutely right. Then you do get the next time January is like, no, I actually need you. She's already on the train. Like I she know. basically comes right away. And like the way she just knows how to support her so genuinely in a way that yes. only like, you know, a good friend can where it's not even like, let's immediately talk about it. It's just like you need someone to like cook you dinner and like have to yeah. talk and like. And let's clean the house and not talk about it at first. Yeah, no, I think that part, like, it almost, like, it really touches me. Like, I think I thought that was beautiful in this whole discussion where it's, like, I've never seen you fall in love. 
um mm. even though she had known her when she was dating Jacques but then she's like you have seen me fall in love with you oh that bitch I almost cried I know I know I almost cried Mm -hmm. I think though what is really the one part there though again that was a little disappointing is on paper I was reflecting about how how might January explain what's happened with her and Augustus and in hearing that story from you for example would I be so inclined to say well Clearly you love him. So I think you should still go for it despite everything he's done. Do you know what I mean? I think that was a really interesting where it's like, Mm -hmm. I just can't, I think, because I think my issue with it is I can't decide whether or not I think Augustus is nice to January. Honestly, I think that a large section of the novel that you know, I think this part of the novel reads really quickly, so it doesn't really feel that big to me. But basically from the drive-in theater scene where they first mm. kiss up until basically uh, like almost the 4th of July party, like right after that, they're like so undefined. Yeah. And so, like, it's kind of strange because they do kiss, but then they, like, don't discuss it. And it's not like that immediately starts a relationship between them. Yeah. They go back to, like, normal being friends again. Yeah. And he's like, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm sorry. And she's just like, I don't want to say it. she's just okay with it. Cause, like, what is she supposed to do? But yeah. Yeah. It's a very weird territory for them, too, that, like, I don't know, it's, they're not even, like, there's usually a point like that in a romance novel where they're together, but not really together, but this one, it's, like, they're not together at all, really. It's kind of strange. For most of the novel, honestly, because then you just get this, like, weird, quick epilogue at the end where she's, like, yeah, we've been together for a year, and now he's proposing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the epilogue <laughs> for some reason. Also, like, why nine months later? Um, yeah, I felt like they left it on a really great note where he was like, we'll just be happy together for this day. Like, mm-hmm. kind of relating to the theme of impermanence and how feelings and emotional states are fleeting and relationships in your life are fleeting. Mm-hmm. I think they she would have done better to just leave it at that Enough to just like hope that they end up together rather than seeing and I also am I missing some sort of joke with this happy anniversary thing like I know it was the anniversary of the one year that they met but you know at the end in the epilogue where he like they have this day on the beach it's his birthday and they're like reading books they're each other's books Mm -hmm. and then they go home and she like walks in and there's a sign that says happy anniversary and then all of her family and friends they're all there and then he proposes and he's like (laughs) so I was like ew it's the one year anniversary of when they met but I was like what was with the sign like I don't get it I just (laughs) proposal seems random I know that it's important in that he's trying to like like the novel is trying to establish that he has changed like he's not like some like oh i can never marry because my ex grumpy dad yeah but it feels i i just agree wholeheartedly in that i don't know if the epilogue is necessary which is kind of hilarious if you think about it because it's so reflective the whole like of this whole discussion and like point of the plot where she's like trying to do a happy novel or she's trying to do a novel that doesn't end with like the and then they all ended up happy mm-hmm. Epilogue. Mm-hmm. Like she can't stop herself from the final line of her book where it's like but she is in love and I wonder if that was a good or bad decision because I almost feel like if we're viewing this as some sort of personal essay where she's calling out the misogyny surrounding the perception of romance novels and the idea that it's like much more circumspect to just end the novel with happily ever after. Mm-hmm. She then ultimately does it anyway. And I kind yeah. of in that way like that because she's like, you know what? Fuck you. They did live mm-hmm. happily ever after. 
Yeah. You know what? Yeah, because in a way, like it is a reclaim, re- reclaimal, reclamation. She is reclaiming. Think, yeah, reclamation. <laughs> Good. See, it's the week, the week of being idiots. <laughs> Uh, she's reclaiming the happy ending and you know what I hadn't thought of this at all before coming in to talk to you before coming in to talk to you today <laughs> my doctor Sienna well I will be but <laughs> but Beatreed is an iconic name because it kind of feels like a fuck you to everyone that's like oh here's yeah. this stupid Beatreed this romance novel that doesn't have yeah. any actual purpose it just keeps you occupied at this space and it doesn't actually yeah mean anything like what a great name I no, I think that what she's done with this novel is quite clever I think it reminds me of writers and lovers oh, um, so much yeah who's that by Lily who's King it? yeah by Lily yes and I feel like in the sense that it's kind of about like yeah how I mean it, we'll do that novel at some point I think I, I think, think we really should because we have a lot like oh that novel is really near and dear to Sienna and I Oh my god, it's one. Well, Brooke gave it to me for my birthday, like my twenty first birthday, mm-hmm. or was it Christmas? I think it was my twenty first birthday. I think so too. Yeah, I think I'm. And it was. I still think about it every single day of my life. I think about it so much, and I, I think it is really underrated. And I use it as kind of like a jumping point for so many novels for some reason. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely one that we should do. But I also think that in this. Beach read in particular is also it really captures I think the essence of this podcast and what we're trying to do here mm-hmm. and I would really recommend it um and I also think that it is also a great read like I thoroughly enjoyed it beyond just being um some sort of personal essay and and all that I think it's also a great story mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's interesting it's juicy it's yeah. romantic Emily Henry is 100% the author I would recommend to anyone who, one, doesn't read much, or mm-hmm. two, doesn't read many romance novels, because I think she's just so strong, and she's good at reading something, writing something that, like, people genuinely want to read. Like, there's no clunky bits. Like, yeah, she's just, like, she knows what she's doing. The characters aren't perfect, but it's not in a jarring way like they all just kind of have their own flaws and it is a lot about the miscommunication of of those flaws and I just think yeah it's and they're not difficult reads um but they're also not cheesy like I would say they're totally yeah, no. stories mm-hmm. um like obviously I think for a lot of this episode we've been talking about the the comparisons between Augustus and previous love interest that we've discussed but other than that I would say this is a completely fresh story and her mm-hmm. other four what I know of them are also completely fresh yeah no they are all like I think they all stand very strongly on their own as romance yeah. novels um yeah I, my, they're great my my one uh, Augustus Everett smear that I want to <laughs> bring up in this discussion of the novel capital t capital n is his book sounds like it's ass i don't want to read a book where in the final page it's giving like when you write a story in the fourth grade and at the end you're like and then i awoke from my dream yeah like it's awful bro why did you do that whereas january's story kind of sounds like i was like fuck i would read the hell out of that Buddy, my mother would love January's story. Like, that is her cup of tea novel. January writes a book about... It is a very loose reflection of her life and the 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 idea of family secrets and how they can damage a family unit. But it's, like, set in the, the circus in, like, the 19th century, somewhere in, like, middle America. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it ends with, like kind of the idea that like right now maybe she's not happy but she can like see a glimmer of hope in the future and I love that mm-hmm. but his book Brooke what happens in his <laughs> like well so first of all I'm like just confused because I'm like you spent five years researching this cult and then this is the <laughs> novel that we ended up with like I'm so <laughs> like I feel like if his novel were on the pod we'd be torching it uh, it flames well, the plot it did go up in flames, but flames. 
yeah, I just really don't get what's going on there, if I'm being honest. Um, I haven't read it. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> Pulitzer worthy, but um, it's not doing it for me, Gus. He, the, his main two characters fall in love. They realize that their love and their lives are greater than the cult. It's a doomsday cult that promises this meteor is going to hit the earth. Um, and as they're escaping, meteor does hit the earth. Um, it but misses the cult. <laughs> it doesn't even hit them. They're like blinded by the light and crap. There are a car is and like crashes into them. It's something like yeah. that. Which makes uh, me feel like Gus did not change at all from the beginning of the novel to the end of the novel. But then I guess in a way, neither did January, right? Because hers still has a happy ending in the sense that she's like, mm-hmm. she will be okay. Like she suggests that her main, her protagonist is going to be okay. But he tries to make the argument that like they are in a great place because she go- they go out so in love with each other and like so unaware of the fact that they're dying. Like they just go out in pure bliss and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but they still died. <laughs> kind of talks so, with him. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like really clever cyclical things happening with like endings and novels and genres within this like what is ultimately just you know supposed to be like a beach read a feel-good read but yeah i don't know she is she is pretty pretty crafty pretty pretty clever i agree and i feel like with that i have said everything i would love to say about this book i agree i feel i feel like we hit the nail on the head it was a great book one of my favorite romance novels i think i've read Honestly, at the end of the day, pure, yeah. pure romance. That's pure a romance novels. It's one of my faves. For sure, recommend. Probably the best out of the four we've reviewed so far. I agree. Yeah, I think Emily Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Do okay, we have Brooke. segments? <laughs> we have two segments. <laughs> Which one should we do first? Diddleability? Diddleability we're trademarking, by the way. So keep your yes, dirty thanks, paws Mikaela. off of it. Thanks, Mikaela. Thanks, Mikaela. Um, I never. I don't I know was, if we ever established the scale. Are you doing from a scale of one to ten, or from the summer <laughs> turned pretty to Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey? Hey, one to ten, with one being summer turned pretty, ten being Fifty Shades. But my mind is like, how good the sex scene was, not how like juicy detail, but how much I was like, that's nice. Okay, <laughs> go that's off. Nice. That's nice. That's what Sienna says when she's reading these novels. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's unironically wow. kind of how wow, I feel. Nice. I'm like, oh, okay, that wow, nice. nice. Okay, nice. Okay, so what's your You number? know that like TikTok sound where it's like, yay. When like the person's doing like <laughs> No. Is it yay or is it something else? Woohoo! Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah, like we, like, like a me from we. like the we, where they're like, he's like, woo, and like a sim, <laughs> like a sim when they have sex. Um, I would say honestly, an eight. Oh, she's high. Maybe an eight point five. Good sex scenes are so good in this. I read this last night and I don't remember. So like six. I don't six? know. They didn't what impact me. What are you me. talking about? Hello? Like yeah, there's so, and there's right so many. I'm like finding them. Yeah, there is a couple. I don't know. I mean, the one in the basement stood out to me. Yeah, it's stunning. Okay. Yeah, I could I could maybe meet you halfway at seven. Clearly I haven't read enough watt pads because you're every time you come on here, you're like two. My rotted twelve-year-old brain. <laughs> my Draco Hermione, Hermione sex scenes were better. Like okay. I would literally never read a Draco Hermione fan fiction. Do not. I, I know. <laughs> I know which fan fictions you were reading and writing, and I'm not even going to say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, anyway. <laughs> do you have a song? I do. Do you have a song? No. <laughs> thought we were retiring the songs but i really want to hear oh. yours maybe i'll think of one. brooks is the scottish national anthem um <laughs> mine is um young lost loves by appleby is that how you say them Appleby. never Appleby? heard you would love 
Um, there's just one. It's Applebee's. It's their restaurant. You walk in and they always play this. Um, it's there's this one line that literally I'm just like, holy fuck. Like I'm moved every time I think about it to this day because I always think about this one person and place that I went to in my life. And I feel like the feeling that that captured was very much the feeling I had when reading this book. And so, okay, can we just hold on, put a pin in that. If any of ex shorties are listening to this pod i've called out literally every single one <laughs> on make yourself every known make yourself known the one that i'm referring to here you're positive you are a good influence in my life i still talk to you so there you go um do you know who it is <laughs> no <laughs> that'll be a post pod combo <laughs> wait Text me if you listen to this and you think you know who you are, and then we'll know <laughs> if he listens or not. You're gonna get like he seven does, different texts. That's like, well, obviously, Instagram. I'm the positive one. Yeah, literally, like the worst scum on the earth. Well, you're obviously talking about me. <laughs> no, this person follows our Instagram, so I'm hoping he's listening, but I don't think he will be. But I'm hoping. So anyway, um, Young Lost Love reminds me of that, where I feel like it's just this. Like, there's one line where he, the singer, says. I still drive by the beachside thinking about you. And I just feel like the song's pretty dark and it is obviously about like love that like kind of never was, but almost was. And I feel like that's very much the essence of this book. Mm. Cause we, as much as we get the like happily ever after in the end, I feel like the ending I would have liked would have been the like, at least we're happy right now. You know? Yeah. I don't have a song. (laughs) Looking at my left songs. I'm like, shuffle. (laughs) fireball by pitball comes on absolutely nothing um that's really giving i kind of forgot this was a thing (laughs) it's Um, okay we're taking turns oh i'll be back with a song next next week week. maybe we'll do that next week you come up with a song unless like we both think of one but sure next week's your responsibility for a song there's definitely uh you know what maybe like comment a song that reminds uh as if there are there's not comments on this podcasting platform it's literally like us it's a void on a private account nobody's people are for sure not in the last five minutes you can say can whatever we, we want also right now. yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> can we please also get some book recommendations we're specifically looking for some queer author queer plot lines we want we want to shake it up from the basic cisgender white story but unfortunately yeah. those are the most popular any authors um, of color any, any authors of that color. are outside of north america even not yes novel that translated novels will take we just want like unfortunately the books that are we wanted to just start with books that were quite popular right now and they are obviously like book talk books and unfortunately um those often are by straight cisgender white women. Um, and not to say that these books are not great, but I just think it's time for a little more mm-hmm. representation. Maybe, not Maybe shake it up with a, a novel by a man. Oh, <laughs> will we like? That's what will we Will he have strong female friends? We'll find out. <laughs> I actually am apologizing to any men in my life because I do have some really great male friendships. <laughs> No, Murray, they know. I love you. Abay, I love you. <laughs> oh, Everyone gosh. that I am friends with who is a man, I feel safe in your presence. <laughs> and on that but note, those of you who I don't know, I don't. Anyway, um, shout out to the men. That's how we'd like to end our podcast today. So we love men. We love men. Pick That's me. what we love. <laughs> Pick me. Choose me. Please. Um, Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Love you. XOXO.